Are you ready to hear the word of God? Yes. Amen. Today I have a special announcement for men. All sisters who got small babies, could I just see your hand for a second? Sisters who have small babies, give your babies to your husband. Today, your husband is going to take care of your baby. <laughs> Brothers, there is a special thing. The reason I will later on tell you as to why I'm asking you to carry a baby. I know you don't carry a baby at home. At least now you can carry your child. Okay, so brothers, you are going to carry your baby for the rest of the service till I say so. This is pastoral command from pastor. On behalf of pastor, I take liberty in his name. Amen. The title for today's message that I have taken is a very sensitive message. I hope I don't hurt you and I, will, I have no reason to hurt anybody. This message is from the Lord. I titled today's message as, My Home, Heaven or Hell? My Home, Is It Heaven or Is It Hell? It's a question that I'm throwing before you this afternoon. If your child was to describe your home to his friends, what would be his answer to them? Have you ever thought of it? If your son or your daughter was to describe home, what will be their answer to their friends? I've taken several points that I thought of. Will your child say that some days of the week, my home is really like heaven? Or some other days, it's like hell, and at the end, it becomes as if it's so silent that nobody talks like as if a tsunami hit my house. Everyone is quiet. Some days heaven, some days hell, and then tsunami, everyone's quiet. Or another child will have another answer saying, if he's to describe his home or she's to describe, she'll say, my home is silent movies. Nobody talks to anybody. Daddy comes from work, he minds his business. Mommy all through the day doesn't have time. And we also don't have time for them. Because they don't even talk to each other. How can we talk to them? So we are on silent movie during the entire day. And if I ask another child, how will you describe your home? And will that child say, my dad behaves like God the Father? who pours out his love on all of us, no matter what be the circumstances at home, he takes care of everything. He is gentle and he is kind. That's who my dad is. If I want to know my father in heaven, all I have to do is see my dad, how he behaves. And then he will, or she will go on to say, I see the qualities of Christ within my mama. She is there to comfort me. She is there to strengthen me when I'm down. She's always there with arms open wide to embrace me when I feel discouraged. That is what my mama is. I see Jesus in her. And will they say, even when I fall, she never condemns me. She has the characteristics of Jesus. 
And then they will be, will they be able to say, I have an elder brother or an elder sister who is always there to encourage me. All elder brothers and sisters, will you be there to encourage your brother? I see my elder brother, my elder sister, always there to encourage me, to guide me, to lead me, and always watching over me. Will they be able to say that? Or they should say that. Our homes are supposed to be heaven on earth, where God's word is the foundation of it for every situation, for every circumstances, for every decision-making. It is the word of God that is there. Since today is a special day for our dear sisters, by the grace of God, I thank God for this opportunity that I have to share the word. I thought I will encourage the sisters, strengthen them, and let them know that their homes can be heaven on earth. Amen. Amen. The church is commended to teach and to preach the word of God. If it does not teach the word of God, it is not a church but a club. That's all. Because in clubs, each one talks to make you happy. And you talk to make that person happy. The church of God must teach the word of God as a foundation. The identification mark of a church is found in Acts chapter 2 verse 42. It says, the foundation was the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. That should be the identification mark of a home. Amen? It really does not matter how big your church is. Please don't go and boast about your church. I have a very big church. My choir sings like angels, and sometimes even better than angels. Or don't brag about the uniform that you wear. The uniform of the choir, the uniform of the ushers are fantastic, very attractive. The most important thing about a church is what comes from the pulpit as the word of God. Does the word of God encourage you? Does the word of God lift you up? Does the word of God bring you back to Christ? Does the God, word of God lift you up when you are down? If that does not come from the pulpit, it is not a church, but just a club. My brothers, let us examine the word and see what Paul says and addresses Titus. We will be looking at the book of Titus. We see Paul addressing this young leader who was left in the island of Crete to pastor a church over there. He was, he was teaching them sound doctrine to be rooted in Christ and in the grace of God. Believers had to say no to sin and live godly lives until the day their master returns. Until that day, they are to live godly lives. But why was Paul emphasizing on sound doctrine to this church? And telling Timothy, teach them, because at that time, the church was infiltrated with heresy. New believers were slowly adopting the Roman culture into their family and into the church. The culture of the land was slowly coming into the church. In the first chapter of Titus, we find that 
the elders whom Titus was to ordain, they were supposed to do two things in the first chapter. They were supposed to exhort the leaders and refute the heresies of the heretics. That's what they were doing. In the second chapter, we see Paul emphasizing on teaching the word of God. He addresses Titus and he says, Titus, address the older men. We see that in verse 2. And then he says, address the older women. You see very carefully, he is addressing the body of Christ. He is starting with the leaders, the elders. Then he comes to the women. That's the women he addresses in 3 and 5. Then slowly he says, address the younger men who, from verses 6 to 8. Then he says, the women. Last, he addresses the slaves. And he says how they should behave to their master. And from verse 11 to 15, he addresses Titus himself. That's the description of Titus 2. Now, keeping this in mind, I would like to address the women today. I'm not going to address any other categories. I'm only going to look at women today because this is your day. Amen. Amen. Women are scared. Sisters... This is your day. Give them a big hand, my brothers. Bless them. Bless them. Sisters, I want you, whoever sitting by, by, beside a sister, just bless that sister for one second. Say, the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. Tell them, tell them. Bless the sister who is sitting beside you. Praise God. Now the birth of the church began in a very, very rough time. The birth of the church. Women were not treated equal in the way God had made them. Women were not treated equal. They were looked down upon. Christ's church was born in a sin-wrapped, sin-darkened, mixed marriages and the world was in a chaos where everything was bad and the church was birthed in that time where everything was really bad and at that time the birth of the church took place new believers that were added to the church they needed coaching they needed training they needed modeling they needed encouraging they needed a one-to-one relationship the, the women needed it the church needed it because it was born in a time of real chaos taking place. Because the culture was totally bad at that time. Godly behavior is a series of choices for every child of God. The culture was now taking over. And this is the vital ministry of Titus. Now the body of Christ must prepare the church for godly living. Let me say that again. The body of Christ must prepare the people of God for godly living in a society that is in total chaos. And if that does not happen, the culture of the world will slowly creep into the church and the church will adopt what's in the world. Just for a moment, I want you to follow with me. We'll be reading Acts chapter 2. We'll be reading for 1 to 8 in a minute. And I'm going to show you 12 characteristics of men, 12 characteristics of women. Then we will go back and we'll go through verse by verse and see how God has prepared, told uh, Paul 
to pass this on to Titus. Shall we stand for the reading of God's word? We'll be reading Titus chapter 2 verses 1 to 8. Titus chapter 2, starting from verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged woman likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is on the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Bow your heads for one minute. We are going to pray. Father, the word that you are given, I pray it will not return void. It will accomplish the purpose for which it goes forth. That we will not only be hearers of your word, but doers also. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to break it down and go to show you this from 1 to 8. And then we will go back to seeing what the church, what God has for the church, the women of this church. We're going to look at. Number one, it says, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. In verse 2, can I have the slide please? He says, Teach the older men to have six basic characteristics of Christ. Men, I will not be addressing you, but I want you to look on the screen as to what are the six characteristics that God wants men to have. And God willing, if he still keeps me here, if I have another chance, I will address you. Amen? Number one, to be sober. Number two, to be reverent. That's worthy of respect. Temperate, that is basically, you was talking about to have specific application to the consumption of alcohol, but it also means disciplined and reasonable lives, to have a disciplined life. Number three, temperate, and then number four, sound in faith. Five, sound in love. Six, sound in patience. These are the six characteristics that God requires from every godly older person within the church. Now let us look at what he addresses the women. And that's what we read just now. He added that the older women likewise to develop five characteristics of Christ. Five for the women. Reverent in the way they live, that is their behavior for women. Number two, look at number two, not slanderers. Look at that. Three, not given to much wine. For men and for women, you see this. Teachers of good things. And in verse 4, it goes on to say that they admolish the younger women to do what? By this verse, if you look very carefully, my sisters, my senior sisters, 
the Bible says it is your duty to admonish, to encourage sisters. It's the older sister's duty within the body of Christ to teach the younger women. You heard that? To teach younger women, and we are going to say to teach what? To encourage in which way? You, now let us look at the women. Number one, to love their husbands. That's the first thing that you teach the younger women, to love their husbands. Now you cannot tell a younger woman to love her husband if you don't love your own husband. So be careful. Number two, I will come back to that later. To love their children. Verse five, to be discreet. You see that word, women? Younger women, to be discreet. To be self-controlled. To be pure in their thoughts. To be very pure. To be busy at home. Not outside the home. In the home. Number seven, to be kind. Women, younger women are asked to be kind. Now comes a very important thing. The eighth point, to be submissive to their own husband that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Take it down. Write it on a poster in your house. This is what God is asking the younger women. Now, likewise, he says in verse 6, exhort the younger men. Number one, to be sober-minded. Younger guys, to be sober-minded is to be self-controlled. The younger boys, younger generation are not able to be controlled. Uncontrollable. We were controllable somewhat, but the young next generation is very difficult. Listen, don't think your son is a saint. Walk with him one day. One day walk with him without him knowing. He will show you who he is. And then you'll get scared. Am I right, brother son? I love you. Number two, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good work. You older men need to show your sons that you have a pattern of good work. Don't expect that from your son and you don't have it yourself. Number three, in doctrine showing integrity. That means to be honest, showing good moral principles. Young boys, youngsters, good moral principles. Then reverence, showing respect and honor to the elderly and those in authority. Children cannot show respect to the ones in authority. They find it very difficult. Incorruptibility. And in verse 8, it says, sound in speech that cannot be condemned. Have you sat and listened to the youngsters talking sometimes? Listen sometimes. Learn to listen. Don't close your ears and walk about. That cannot be condemned that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say. This is the one. No, when God is to choose a curriculum for his church, I'm sure all of you know it is a curriculum. If God is to choose a curriculum for the church, he will lay down 12, this is what I feel from the word of God, he will lay down 12 vital godly qualities for a woman and 12 vital qualities, characteristics for men. That's what it is. Now, I will call some young women quickly to come up. Come quickly. Some of the good characteristics of the young women. These are not NG4C. They are ordinary girls. I've chosen them to minister to us this afternoon.
ready to go into the battleground? No one. When it comes to battle, we don't want. Are we ready to sleep? Yes. Okay, it's time now to enter the battleground and let us deal with what God has for women. For women. Thank you. Proverbs 15 verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Never raise your voice for any reason to your husbands. It's a sign of disrespect. No matter what it is, never disrespect your husband in front of the children. My sisters, you heard that? Your gentle behavior can turn the most wildest man to the cross of Christ. Your gentle answer, that man might be the wildest animal but he can turn towards the cross because he will see Christ in you. Amen? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 12. Yes, Brother Matthew, quickly. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Now, brothers, one thing that's very important. Please don't go and bombard your wife today with what I'm giving you. (laughs) If your wife ever tells me that you did that to her, I will crucify you. Oh, I'll ask Pastor Abraham to crucify you. Don't let him do that. In Ephesians 5.12, I would encourage you, sisters, don't expose your husband's weakness to your family members, to your friends, to your children, or to anybody. Please, sisters, this is a warning. Never expose your husband's weakness. It will bounce back to you. You are each other's keeper. 
If you think that you can expose his weakness, do you know what that man will do? He will slowly stop trusting you and loving you. Take it to the Lord in prayer. God can turn that man in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 15, verse 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. I know there are children here, but I'm going to uh, uh, bring up some very sensitive things. It's better. They are also going to grow up one day into young women. Never use attitude or moods to communicate to your, to your husband. Many women use different type of attitude and mood. You never know how your husband will interpret that, especially mood swings. I hope you understand what I mean. During your monthly cycle, you get one swing. That poor man does not know you're swinging. He goes to work and he comes and you have a mood. That man will call for you. You will say, you don't understand what I'm going through. All you want is that, that you don't understand. So when you have your mood swings, please remember that man is ignorant of certain things. Okay? So bear with that man. Bear with him. You love your husband? Only three years. You see? Only this side. The ship is sinking this side. Defensive women will find it very hard to have a happy home. Proverbs 11.22 A woman who is beautiful but lacks discretion Yes, brother. is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. Never compare your husband to other men. The moment you hear some other man talking, don't say, I can't believe you can't talk like him. Your husband is better than that man in many other ways. You have no idea about the man you are comparing your husband to. If you attack your husband's ego, his love for you will diminish. It may take long time to regain or it will never come to, to love you. Never attack a man's ego. Never disrespect that. Never speak bad about his friends. Pay attention. Never speak bad about your husband's... I know we as believers, we got only our cycle, but sometimes maybe that man is not saved. Never ill-treat your husband's friends because you do not like them. Just because you do not like them, don't disrespect. It is the duty of your husband to get rid of his friends, not you. You are not supposed to get rid of your husband's friends. He, as a man of the house, should do it, not you. Genesis 2:24. quickly, brother. This explains why a man lives his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. I know we have the scripture that says the two become one, leave and cleave. Listen, my sisters, your husband is not going to jump overnight and come to you and live with you uh, in the way you want it. It takes time. That man lived with his mother for so many years, 30 years, and you want him overnight after first night to come to you. It's not going to happen. It will take time. Let your husband know that you love his mother. If your husband sees you loving his mother, he will love you automatically. You understand? Sisters don't want to do that. They don't want to love the man's mother. They are scared. The mother will love them. Very sensitive. Never forget that you married your husband, not your housemaid, nor anyone else. 
do your duty as a wife. Pay attention to your husband. Avoid telling sensitive parts. Avoid telling your maid to cook his food. Pay attention. Avoid telling your maid, go make coffee for James. Avoid telling your maid, high-end James' clothes today for him. He's getting ready for work. Avoid telling your maid, go open the door, James is going to work. Avoid telling your maid, when James comes in, your maid goes and opens the door for James. Morning, noon and night, James only sees Mary. And where are you? Busy in the kitchen, busy doing ministry work, busy doing all the work, forgetting that you have a husband in your house. If that woman is doing everything for him, what is less? What is missing? This is a warning for you. If that woman is doing everything for your husband, there's only one thing which is remaining. And if you do not take care of your husband, that woman will do it. It is your duty. I understand if you're working. But there are certain things do for your husband. Didn't you do it when you got married? You never allowed his mother to come near you also when you prepare the coffee, correct? Let me pre you will go tell your husband after first night, I can't believe she wants to make the coffee for you. I want to make the coffee for you. And after five years, maid, go make it, Mary. Go, Mary. What happened to the day when you got married? Now that's the reason our godmother Sarah fell very easily to the enemy. A maid was doing everything in the house. I want you to think, I was, I was uh, pondering over this. A maid was doing everything for Sarah and for Abraham, everything. So when the situation came, it was easily she was led to give a maid to her husband. Just think for one second. What made this woman, when God told for her to choose a maid? Think of it. Everything was okay. Very easily. That could be maybe the culture of the land. The Canaanites were doing it. So sometimes be careful of what the culture does it. The people around you will do crazy things. Don't bring that into your home and try that. Remember, pay attention. A man, no matter how anointed he is, this is not for Pastor Abraham and the leaders or the elders. This is for anointed men. Remember, a man, no, no much how much anointed they may be, he can fall. Not he will fall. He can fall if the right circumstances the right situation, the right place takes place. That man. I'll give you an example. I'll show you. I'm not going to pull you around. Abraham, when his wife brought him the suggestion to sleep with a maid, he never said to her, Woman, didn't God promise a child between you and me? Read your scripture. Go back and read Genesis 16, 1-4. Don't read it now. Pay attention. He never told her, Woman, God spoke to you and said between you and me, not between Agar, stop this nonsense talk. No, he never said it. Do you know what he did? He jumped to the opportunity the moment it was said. He jumped to it. The moment it was given to him, he never said no. 
Maybe before Sarah could have finished the sentence, he would have gone. He would have said, I've been waiting for this woman, how long? We never know. Otherwise, otherwise, he could have told, stop this right now. I don't want this nonsense. Remember, man after own, God's own art. Remember that man? He had six wives. David, six wives. Right situation, right circumstances, right over the roof. Everything perfect. Bet-sheba. When he was looking at his Bet-sheba, she was always having a bath. That's what I was wondering. Bet-sheba was very good in having a bath. That's only Bat-sheba. She was having a bath and his eyes fell. Right situation. Godly men can fall. Can. Not will. It's the duty of the wife to protect that man. Don't allow him to be alone. I'm not saying a man will run away. Just be with him. Never assign anyone else to give attention to your husband. It is your duty to take care of your husband. No, oh, amen. Some sisters are so caught up in taking care of their children, they forget that their husband is alive itself. You watch these sisters who've got children. So much, oh, baby has to go to school, baby's tuition, baby pamper, baby diaper. That poor man, his pamper is getting wet there. <laughs> you are not taking care of his pamper, you are running to your child. Your husband needs you. Be beside him. Amen? No, don't go put pampers for your husband, please. <laughs> Ephesians 5, verse 20, 33. Uh, 5, 33. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. You saw that? Wife must not, should be, can be, maybe, maybe not. Must respect your husband. Never tell your husband, pay attention. Never tell your husband you're good for nothing. Don't tell him that. The enemy will find somebody who's good for everything for him. If you tell your husband he's good for nothing. That man might be growing old in age. The vigor that he had before he ran for you. He would have climbed mountains for you. Now he's gone old. You have to drag him. Don't tell him now you're good for nothing. Please, be careful what you tell your husband. Deuteronomy 3, verse 28. But commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him. For he will lead his people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. Amen. Whenever you are expecting your husband to get a job done, and if it does not happen, pay attention. Or it's taking time to happen. You're, you're told your husband to do something. Never blame your husband for it. Never blame him. If he comes back home and you ask your husband to go get something for you, and for some reason he is not able to get it, do not discourage that man. Encourage that man. Understand, it's your husband goes to do God's work. Pay attention, women, especially for leaders and those. If your husband is doing ministry and if he's doing God's work and for some reason he comes back late, I come back late many times, don't jump at that man's throat and say, why you came back so late? Who did you go to meet? Who are you meeting? I went to sister, brother's house. Sure you went to brother's house? You know I went with your friends to have coffee? Please. That man is serving God. The blessing that that man receives will be your portion also in Jesus' name. Amen. See, the devil is waiting to destroy your family. Sisters, 
Stand in the gap. Pay attention. Is my voice loud enough for the brother to back? Say, you can hear me? I love you. Okay. If your husband goes out for any work, I would encourage you, sisters, say a word of prayer for that man. Say, Lord, let your angels watch over this man. He is going to serve you. Bring him back safe. And whichever soul he talks to, let that soul come to know Christ. No amens nowadays. God bless you. You know something? You have to strangle the congregation to say amen. You choke them. Say amen. Amen. How many times pastor says that? And it's so difficult. If I say I'm going to give million reals, amen. Everybody wants to give a million reals. Proverbs 3, 31, 11. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. Uh, very sensitive point right now. Never waste your husband's earning. Pay attention women. Sisters, if your husband's getting a salary of 1000 riyals, don't have an expense of 2000 riyal. You can justify yourself. You can justify all reasons for buying things. That dress which you bought four months ago is still in the wardrobe, not even opened. And you'll take him and you'll say, I need a dress, I need to buy this, I need to buy that. Don't justify to spend that money. Your husband's sweat is in that money. That man, he might be boss in your house. Sometimes he's like a slave in his office. He has to listen to all the words that his manager is telling him. He takes it for you. Because of you, that man stands there and takes everything so that he could provide a home for you, food for you, clothes on your back. So please, learn. If your husband brings in 1,000, say, we will save at least 200 from this. And then he knows that he's got a godly wife there at home. Amen? Women, one more warning. Be careful of be careful of online shopping. Very easy. You know why? Husband maybe took away the car and went. He'll be thinking, let me see how you're going to order. Pastor's not going to come and take you to shopping. No elders taking you to shopping. Let me see. And you say, you think I'm stupid? Online. Give me that. Before he comes, the dress is there in the cupboard. When you bought this, you don't remember. You're getting old. This dress we brought long time back. You don't remember, Mama gave it to me. That poor man does not know whether what's happening. Don't do that, my brothers and sisters. Amen? Songs of Songs. Songs of Solomon 7 to 12. Let us go early to the vineyards mm. to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened, mm. and if the pomegranates are in bloom. Mm. There I will give you my love. Never pretend to be sick for the purpose of denying your husband's sex. Everyone's quiet. Do you know your husband loves sex very much? No, nobody will talk. All are angels here. Be careful. Don't deny your husband for some reason. Some women will deny their husband because he insulted me, I will not sleep with him tonight. Because he insulted my mother and father, I won't have anything to do with him tonight. Because he never bought me what I wanted, I will not give him what he wants tonight. Because he never gave me what I wanted, I will deny him tonight. 
that is what he is fit for these are the things women tell their husbands don't think it's not happening in your house it's happening everywhere you will only think it's happening in jones and in peter's house it's happening everywhere warning sex is very important to a man if you keep denying him that in a matter of time some other woman is there ready to take over fulfill the desires and the wants of that man god gave him that ability that's the one thing he will cherishes with you your lamp should never be should never be put off you should never let your lamp go so i want you to encourage you today no matter what pray 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 that's the most important thing you need to do in your life in in anger never compare your husband to your ex boyfriend in anger don't say if i had only married peter i would have been very happy peter took good care of me peter took me out every weekend you don't take me out once a month also peter bought for me masala biryani you don't buy one dosa also for me that man is a jealous man be careful be very careful proverbs 31 we are jumping on scripture brother proverbs 31:23 her husband is respected at the city gate mm. where he takes his seat among the elders of the land brother uh, sisters never answer are you paying attention sisters very important only yes there nobody everyone sleeping around never answer for your husband in the public if your husband is asked a question it is not your duty to answer for your husband no brother but he does not know he is a very simple man very humble man very gentle man like a lamb he is he does not know the world brother you put you put milk in his mouth he will drink he does not know anything else my sister if your husband is asked a question let that man answer it you don't answer for your husband don't don't look down upon your husband no my brother is very shy no don't worry is shy in front of you not in shy of other people ephesians 431 it rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice never shout or challenge your husband because you're more educated that man might be less educated he might be getting less salary he might be a nobody don't disrespect and challenge him never speak bad of his family in front of him about his family in front of the children do not do that get rid of all bitterness never bring old stories into a fight i know what you did in 1947 to me i can never forget that but darling you went to church i know god forgave me but i can't forgive you it's very hard to forgive you don't do that 1947 is dead you are in 2019 think of that amen i have to close because we are going to have a, a altar call when your husband is okay brother when your husband is leaving the house check how smart he looks before he leaves the house okay even if he is bald <laughs> not me not me not pastor leslie not us we are not in that category pastor even if he doesn't have hair 
call him, honey, you look wonderful today. If you tell him that when he goes out of the house, this man, even if uh, Diana, Cinderella was driving across him, he will not look at her. Because you told him he looks wonderful today. Amen. And if possible, if he has a pet name, I don't know what pastor's pet name. Kutima, what do you call pastor? See that, no answer. Where's Kutima? I love you. Some people got Jujup, Dalu, Baby. I wrote some names. Nanju, Buju, whatever Jew it is. If he is a Jew, tell him that. Okay, Juju, you're wonderful. Now, if Juju is leaving the house, don't tell him you're bald. Don't tell him you're fat. Don't tell him you're gone thin. Don't tell him you're gone dirty. You know what Juju will do? As he's driving, if a camel comes across or a donkey, he will think that is Cinderella. If a donkey comes also, he'll say, what a beautiful woman this is. Wow. And that's the reason you notice sometimes when men fall in love, I mean, not bread of life, we don't do that, with another woman, you'll say, what did you fall in love with that woman? And then you'll remember you called him bald. He will fall for any camel. Be very careful, my brothers and sisters. Praise God. Uh, sisters, no matter how how rude your husband may be. Pay attention. No matter how rude your husband may be. Maybe he's a dishonest man. Maybe he's an ungodly man. Maybe he's a man who beats you. But remember one thing. Stand in the gap for that man. Pray on your knees for that man. That rude man will change one day in Jesus' name. Uh, Stephen, bring your gang and come forth. I would like to close one more thing. Galatians 6, 9, while they get ready. Remember one thing. Yes, brother. Galatians 6, 9, if you have it. Amen. Brothers and sisters, don't forget. Your husband wants attention. Your husband wants attention. He wants a wife who can listen to him. Pay, pay attention, please. A husband wants a wife who can listen to him. Don't be too busy for that man. Don't spend all your time in the kitchen that you're not giving him attention. He wants you to be there when he comes home. He wants you to be there to give him a cup of coffee. He wants you to be there to just sit side of him. Listen to him. If your idea is better than your husband, don't tell my idea only worked. My brothers and sisters, be very careful. I wrote something here. If you are angry with your husband, don't give him whole food. Food that is there three days. What you have to eat, honey? Go to the fridge. Food is there. But when did you make this, honey? Just three days ago. But why did you cook so much? If you know you're going to cook for two people or three people, cook for so much. Give him fresh food. Are you not asking for fresh mana every day? So give him fresh mana also. Why give him food for three days and when talks to your house, you cook the best food? And you give that man old, old stale food. Who are you pleasing? 
I want to close with a very important thing. My sisters, you are the best gift for your husband. You are the best gift that God has got for your husband. When God thought of you, He took that man and He put him to sleep. He took the most flexible clay. The clay that he could find. And he said, this is the best clay that I'm going to make for, for this, my son. And he breathed into him the breath of God. And he gave you the best that you could have. Your wife is the best gift for you. Your husband is the best gift for you. God put that man just only for you. Hold on to him. Don't let go. If you let him go, one day he will be gone. And you will not be able to hold anything. Just a pillow in your hand. Preserve that man. Protect that man. Love that man. Give him the best and tell him every day, I love you. No matter what you are, you are the best gift that God has for me. And that is you. Amen. the altar on the day of your wedding you made a vow you will take that man for better or for worse 
when the boat is rocking don't try to jump off that boat hold on to him continue the journey and let your home become the aroma of heaven every sister who wants to make a decision i would like every eyes to be closed heads to be bowed everybody please don't look around and this is for sisters you want to make a commitment that you will be a woman after god's own heart and this is also for those who are about to get married also i want you to stretch forth your hands to heaven and say god i know you brought a godly man into my life or you're going to bring a godly man into my life help me to be the woman after your own heart help me to let my home be heaven help my home that godly offsprings will come forth let my home be a home where my husband and i will enjoy our time that the name of jesus alone will be glorified in jesus name we pray lord i offer my life to you everything i we thank you for this day give us the grace to offer our lives to you lord god we thank you for your presence in this place lord god we pray that every word that went forth from this place will not return void but it will accomplish the purpose for which it goes forth help us lord god that our homes will become heaven a place where your presence will dwell among us let the fruit of the spirit be manifested in our homes In Jesus name we pray. Shall we bow our heads and say the grace. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever amen and we shall dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever amen be blessed in jesus name